In the ancient city of Ephesus, there were numerous statues along the main road of the goddess of fertility. They called her Artemis. Artemis. They called her Diana in the Roman areas. She had many names in the Fertile Crescent. Fertility religion was incredibly popular because it combined sex and money, two things that perennially draw our attention. And the Bible recognizes this as serious competition for our loyalty to Yahweh, the Lord, the God of Israel, sex and money. And so what we find in Scripture is the answer to this competition is covenant, making a promise, a promise based on faith and faithfulness. So sexuality is handled within the covenant of marriage where it is to be enjoyed and shared and contained. Money, prosperity was to be enjoyed and contained within the covenant of monotheism. You shall have no other gods before me. The tithe of income to the temple that the people bring, this is a part of their showing their covenant commitment. And the offering for the poor was a part of recognizing the covenant family, that we take care of our sisters and brothers. Prosperity was to be enjoyed and contained with obedience to the living God who provides us with life and blessing. Now the first scripture lesson this morning is the story of a man who has been outside the covenant for some time. It is the story of Zacchaeus found in Luke 19. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not. He was short in stature. So he ran ahead and he climbed a tree to see Jesus because he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and he was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He's gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. If I've defrauded anyone of anything, I'll pay back four times as much. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is the son of Abraham, a member of the covenant family. The Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Last summer, we got a blender for our kitchen. And when I say blender, I don't mean one of those little things with three buttons on it. I'm talking about all capital letters, blender. This thing has the motor that was taken out of a Chevy Camaro. 
It's got surgical steel blades borrowed from somebody's scalpel. It's the kind of thing that when you turn it on, a grandson runs out of the room holding his ears. It's the kind of blender that you drop in a whole orange, a whole lemon, a whole banana, kale, asparagus, spinach, and then you sort of step back and you hit the button, and this incredible whir takes place, and everything is homogenized. It is utterly blended. It is smooth, and usually a weird color of green. <laughs> Most of us like a little texture to our food. We like different colors on the plate. We like to taste different things. This turns everything into one flavor and one color. Now to really mess up my metaphor, there are a lot of things in the stories of Jesus that are not homogenized. There is nothing about the gospel stories that goes down smoothly. They're just these big lumps along the way, and we often are sort of bounced back and forth. There are contradictions in the stories that Jesus tells. He tells some, come and follow me, and he tells others, go home and share your story. He counsels one to sell and give to the poor, and then he defends a woman who pours expensive ointment on his feet and did not sell and give to the poor. Jesus loves Zen-like summary statements. The first shall be last, the last shall be first. What is impossible for people is possible for God. These stories are big lumps. They don't go down easily. They're as difficult as getting a camel through the eye of a needle. For example, this story, which shows up one page earlier than the Zacchaeus story. A certain ruler asked Jesus, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one's good but God. You know the commandments. And the fellow says, I have kept these commandments since I was a young person. Jesus heard this and said, well, there's one thing you can do. Sell all you own, distribute the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the man heard this, he was sad, for he was very rich. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who's rich to enter the kingdom. And those who heard it said, Who can be saved? And Jesus replied, What is impossible for mortals is possible for God. Big lumps, some of them hard to swallow. In this story, which is often called the rich young ruler, it shows up in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, a pious, well-educated, respectful gentleman comes to Jesus and says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? How can I be saved? What is the meaning of life? What does the Lord require of me? And Jesus tells the fellow, obey Moses. 
He says, I've done that since I was a teenager. And Jesus says, well, give away what you have. Come and follow me. Now, Jesus has said the same thing on numerous other occasions. He said it to some fishermen, leave your nets and your father, come and follow me. He said it to Levi, the tax collector, at the tax table with the money on the table. Leave all that, come and follow me. Leave your parents and follow me. Let the dead bury the dead, come and follow me. There's nothing really different in this story except the fellow cannot do it. And the gospel writer makes this editorial comment. The man went away sad for he had many possessions. He was tied to them and sorry about it. Jesus then remarks to his disciples about the danger of a whole lot of money getting in the way of what is truly important. And they are shocked because we all like prosperity. How can it be that this fellow is on the wrong road? Jesus says what is impossible for people is possible for God. Even our salvation, even getting us onto the right road. This is a pretty big lump in the soup. For God, all things are possible, including our liberation from what binds us, our freedom from what causes us to miss the whole point of life, and our salvation from anything that would keep us away from the living God and the covenant family. The fellow went away sad. He just couldn't swallow this statement of Jesus. I want to contrast his sadness with the joy of Zacchaeus. Now, Zacchaeus is an unsavory character. Nobody in all of Jericho likes him. He is the chief tax collector for the hated Romans. And Zacchaeus leaves his nice house on the nice side of town, and he goes down to the main street because he wants to see Jesus. He wants something that isn't in his life There is a yearning that he cannot name. The story says he's short, so he goes and he climbs up a tree, which is a thing that kids do. He completely forgets his self-image, his self-respect. He climbs up a tree. Unless you become like a child, you shall not enter the kingdom. All things are possible for God. Jesus coming down the road, sees this fellow. And, of course, everybody is whispering about us. Look, there's Zacchaeus. There's that. that Zacchaeus came out here. Can you believe that? Zacchaeus showed up. Who invited him? So Jesus hears the name. And he looks, and there's this fellow in the tree, and he says, Zacchaeus, come down. I will have lunch with you today. Now, they've all been vying for who's going to have the preacher home for lunch, Okay. They've all been competing with each other to have Jesus home that day to their house. And he picks the guy who makes internet porn. He picks the foul-mouthed gangster rapper with the big gold chains, you know, and the, the gang signs. He picks the worst guy in the neighborhood and goes home with him. All things are possible for God. 
I'd love to know what the lunch conversation was with Zacchaeus. I would really like to know what they talked about. What we see are only the results. With great joy, Zacchaeus announces that he's giving half his money away and that he will repay anybody he has ever cheated. At which point Jesus says, this man is saved. This man is forgiven. This man is free. This man is a part of the family, the covenant family. Because all things are possible for God. Zacchaeus was glad to welcome Jesus and the joy overflowed with generosity and justice. This congregation is a place full of people who are glad to welcome Jesus. It's a place where Jesus eats with sinners and routinely does the impossible. He saves us, he forgives us, he sets us free, he grants us the joy of generosity. He helps us find the joy of living and the joy of giving. The freedom to share our lives with others and to be included in the family. People here gladly help with the healing place and its offer of liberation from drugs and alcohol. People here help with Caritas and welcome the homeless in to stay in this very room and build furniture so that some of these people can move into apartments and have the equipment. People here build clean water systems, tutor children, work for the protection of children out in the larger community, help ex-offenders get their driver's licenses back, resettle refugees who must flee their homes, fix homes in Appalachia. People here teach little children to sing the songs of Zion. People here take meals on wheels to the elderly and pass out lunch at the downtown feeding program. People here help stock the food bank and adopt families for Christmas. People here take our children out to glean vegetables from the field so that other children may have green beans on their plate. People here support missionaries like a medical doctor in Malawi or a Bible professor in Colombia or a woman working in Haiti to help farmers grow food and protect the soil. People here work to reduce greenhouse gases and to find renewable sources of energy so that our children and our grandchildren may be well. People here teach Sunday school, work with youth groups, mentor confirmands, sing in choirs, join the band, learn to do guitar solos, to sing praise to God, stand at the door to welcome people, join the care and concern committee to go see folk who can't come over here. People here gladly put money in the offering plate as an act of worship. As a statement of faith and joy, we sign pledge cards and commit ourselves to this covenant, this covenant family. Marcia and I also sign a pledge card each year, just like you do. It is our privilege to be a part of a generous and joyful people. And we all teach this to our children. When I was in about the sixth grade, my father, who was the pastor, 
began to give me the offering envelope on Sunday morning, the family offering envelope to place in the offering plate, which I thought was a little peculiar because he sat closer to the plate than I did out there in the pews. And it wasn't until years later and I remembered that that it occurred to me that he was teaching me that the family gave and what we gave. The, the number was written on the envelope. I think next year on our pledge cards, I'm going to provide a place so that families can have children initial the family pledge card. It is our great privilege to be a part of the covenant family and to teach our children the joy of giving. As Christians, we are a part of this covenant of faithfulness. We enjoy prosperity and we remember who God is, the God of blessing, the God of life, and the God of liberation. We enjoy this prosperity, and with our pledges, we show that we know who has provided for us. Zacchaeus was happy to welcome Jesus, and his joy overflowed to generosity and justice. May that joy be ours today, for all things are possible as we give to God. Amen.